here it is, the moment you never knew you were waiting for. For this episode only, your hosts are the guests. So grab a drink and a snack as we bring you Jero Nurses Tales from the Front. Enjoy. Greetings and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Jero Nurses Tales from the Front. My name is Darren Blakeborough, and I am an assistant professor in the School of Culture, Media, and Society at the University of the Fraser Valley. I am also not your regular host for this podcast. After this episode, I will slink back into the darkness and work as the audio engineer for this podcast. So why am I hosting the very first episode then? That is an amazingly astute question. The answer is that your regular hosts for General Nurses are, in fact, the first guests for this podcast. They are here to talk about themselves and their backgrounds in the field of gerontological nursing and to discuss exactly why they wanted to do this podcast and what they hope to achieve. So I hope that answers your first question, and I hope that our illustrious hosts and guest will answer any others that you may have. So let me introduce you to these amazing ladies. First is Dr. Lillian Hung, an assistant professor of nursing at the University of British Columbia's School of Nursing. Amongst many other accolades, many of which I'm sure will come up in our discussion today, Lillian is the president of the Gerontological Nurses Association of British Columbia. So welcome Lillian to the first episode of your own podcast. Thank you, Darren, from the dark. <laughs> and <laughs> next, Dr. Shelley Canning an associate professor in the University of the Fraser Valley's nursing program, and also the coordinator of UFE's Center for Education and Research on Aging. Welcome to you, Shelley. Welcome back to both of you. I'm excited that uh, we're getting this started. Yes, as am I. So I guess my first question, I'm just going to get right into this and not picking favorites or anything, but uh, Lillian, I will ask you this first. How did you ultimately end up at this point in your career where you have a focus on aging and older adults? And by all means, feel free to take the long road to the end. <laughs> wow. Um, of course, uh, when I went into um, nursing, that um, I was uh, looking for um, the same thing like many other people do. I was looking for a stable job that I could, um, you know, I could um, support my family. So um, when I went into nursing, I wanted to do maternity like many other young people and, you know, wanted to go somewhere that's cool and a lot of acute care skills and, um, but I didn't have the opportunity. So <laughs> I have to be honest, uh, gerontological nursing was my second choice. However, when I entered the gerontological nursing, then it was not my second choice anymore. I loved it. I just fell in love with it. That came from the, um, the stories and the things that I have witnessed, how some of the nurses that how they care for the specialized populations, mostly these people are, um, they're depressed, they're older, they're frail, they have mental illnesses, and many of them have severe dementia. And I saw how they was able to care for this population 
with a lot of creative ways. So I was very, very inspired uh, by these people that I met and many, many amazing, wonderful people. So, you know, I just fell in love with it and I didn't go anywhere else and I stayed in the same field for over 20 years. Yeah. Okay, so I have to ask then, if this was your second choice, what was your first choice when you got into nursing? That was maternity. I love little babies, yeah. And um, I I did a practicum and I got in a bit of trouble too because I um, I went ahead and do some of the things that I was not supposed to and I almost got kicked kick out of nursing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should ask what that what it was that you weren't supposed to do, but maybe I will leave that alone for now. Um, well, I'm okay to tell you. It's a little secret. People might want to know the secret. So hey. I was working in a little... Um, I was in Winnipeg. I was in a little tiny uh, Victoria General Hospital on the maternity ward. We were supposed to you know, follow our mentors and you know, do our practicum. And we're not supposed to, like, I love skills. At that time, we were just learning how to insert IV. I inserted IV on my own. <laughs> That's how I got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was cool. I was very confident. And there was no problem <laughs> until I got reported. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Thank you. Uh, Shelly, uh, take us through your road to um, getting into uh, general nursing. So like Lillian, um, it was not my first choice. And similar to Lillian, I actually wanted, I wanted women's health. Um, I was a big advocate um, yeah, for, for all things around women's reproductive rights, uh, an, early, uh, an early feminist, I think, in my career. And also, like Lillian, um, I, I got in trouble, too, in nursing school. Um, not for anything skills-related. It was a fashion uh, faux pas. My uniform was uh, too short. <laughs> And it was homemade. Uh, at that time, I made these little shifts and put a belt on and wore that. Um, so, yes, we we share a little bit of a common background. So after graduation, um, I was unlucky in that I wasn't able to work at uh, the Grace, which is now BC Women's. But I did get hired at BC Cancer. And so my focus there was oncology and palliative care. And really what I was doing was caring for mostly older people because a high percentage of folks with cancer are older. Um, many people who are at end of life are older, but it ne I never really made the connection to think of myself as invested in aging or gerontological nursing at all. I left that and went to the community. And again, I was working primarily with older people, but just not really making that connection um, and thinking of myself as a gerontological nurse. We did, though, have um, Fraser Health had a, an, an opportunity for us to write the Gero Nurses certification in the mid 2000s. It was a, a paid opportunity. And at that point, the penny dropped and I realized that, oh my goodness, I know something about gerontological nursing from my acute care, from my community work. And I love those people. Um, 
it just, I, the, the work has always inspired me. I realized I always gravitated towards the older patient when I was in acute care, um, the, those most frail people living in long-term care, especially those with dementia whose staff maybe find hardest to care for. Um, yeah, I just felt compelled. And then the last part of my career, I've been teaching at the University of the Fraser Valley, and that teaching has been in gerontological nursing. So supervising students in long-term care, um, teaching about person-centered care, uh, trying to inspire students so that maybe it becomes a first choice for some new nurses. Okay, Shell. Well, how long did you actually work in a hospital before making the, the crossover into the academic part? And why did you make that? move? So I worked in acute or hospital nursing for about eight years, and then about the same in the community. Um, and yeah, I think I had really, I, I had always been interested in research as well. And I had moved to Abbotsford, where the University of the Fraser Valley is. Um, and I thought, gee, I could maybe go back to school and get my PhD, do some research. Um, yeah, it just felt like an, an opportunity. And then I got involved in all kinds of, of different pieces of, of Gero nursing through that too. And you've been at UFE now for 15 years, right? That's right. And you know how I remember that? Because I have been at UFE for 15 years. <laughs> I, I think we have. And I saw our names listed on the thing because, of course, with COVID, we could not have the general uh, dinner that they have every year for the recipients. Instead, I believe uh, they sent us a nice <laughs> gift card. And yeah, That's I great. saw your name on there. That's right. Oh. 15 years. Okay. How about you, uh, Lillian? How long were you working in a hospital before you crossed over? Oh, I'm going to have to ask you that question. What did you get? Like 15 years in UF Lee? A, a gift card. A gift card. Okay. Yeah. Is it good? <laughs> a, a $50 gift card for a, a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Your question for me was. How, how long were you uh, nursing in a hospital before you made the crossover? And why did you, you know, make the move into the academic world? Oh, my goodness. Um, I didn't start. Well, I started in a psychiatric hospital. It was a hospital, but it didn't feel like a hospital. I started in Riverview Hospital um, because I came from uh, Manitoba, you know, to British Columbia, like from the rural areas to the urban area. It was really hard to find a job. And um, yeah, so I started to work in uh, the area that um, I didn't think that I would love and, and I end up really loving it. And um, that I worked there and I worked in nursing home and on a very um, uh, special unit that we have, like people who are supposed to be the, you know, well, with um, what we now we call them responsive behaviors. In that time, it was called challenging behavior. People were scared to care for this population. And I, I, I loved it. I met really amazing, wonderful people there. And I, so... I never thought I would go to academic and that was never my goal. And I think my goal to come into nursing was just trying to make a living, you know, yeah. <laughs> I never planned to do um, anything like academic. And um, 
I didn't think of research either at that time. And and after a while, then I had the opportunity to do a master's degree because where I worked uh, in that um, care home, that they um, they built a new um, new building. So I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Like then um, it was very beautiful and nice, and you know people were talking about environmental design. So I knew that in SFU that they had um, a department, a gerontology department, that they had, had a professor there who was very um, passionate about dementia um, design. So I went there to try to you know follow him to see what I can learn from him. And that's how I got into the master's degree. So things were kind of one thing led to the other, but I never actually made any concrete plan or there's nothing really. Yeah. And I ended up when I finished my uh, master's and uh, uh, um, a professor at UBC asked me, oh, would you like to come help us to do some clinical teaching at Lionsgate Hospital? I said, sure. So that's how I got connected with UBC. And then, yeah. And then, then I started to really pick up research and I did a, you know, a couple of things. I fell in love with it. This again, like like one thing leads to the other. And um, then I did my PhD and then, you know, and there was opportunity to do a post postdoc uh, post and I did that. Yeah. And that's how I end up to be here where I am. It's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Because I mean, there, there's more than two ways, but you think most people, you think that you sit down and you go, okay, if I do A, B, and C, then I will end up at D. Whereas you just kind of said, I guess I'll do A, and A led you to B, and led you to C, and led you to D, which is very interesting that it, it ended up that way. So through all of this, how did the two of you end up meeting one another? Oh. <laughs> it was those classes that she brought, the team Hortons. Yeah, we ended up sitting side by side in uh, doctoral courses in the first year of the PhD program at UBC. I took a look at Lillian and she was super enthusiastic. She was really smart. She had lots of experience. And yeah, we just connected. Remember those Tim Hortons that you drove to UBC and then you were bringing us coffee? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we've been to a lot of conferences together, shared hotel rooms. Um, Lillian's super passionate about food. So she's a great foodie and I totally am not. Um, I just, yeah, I know. I just eat for sustenance and but so we're just this interesting little mix. I stay up really late and watch the news and she falls asleep early and then wakes up really early and works out. So, and then we connect. So it's just, yeah, it's worked. It's perfect. Interesting. I, I, I couldn't stop thinking too, as you're driving from Abbotsford to UBC. So like at least a 90 minute drive every day. And it makes sense that you would grab some Tim Hortons because you've probably passed 75 or 80 of them on the way there. Yes. And I would, uh, yeah, I had a little notebook and a pen on the passenger seat and I would drive along, listen to music and think all things, either research or gerontology or dementia, all the kinds of ideas to that I knew we'd be talking about in class. Right. And I'd kind of make little notes as, as we drove along and, that was a great year and it was just a bonus for me to have Lillian as a as a friend 
you know, she's a colleague first, but now I consider her a really good friend. So yeah, it's great. That's really nice. That is so special. Getting a little verklempt. It's been good. So you do your program together. Now you're both uh, doctor nurses and you go your your own separate ways, but you maintain those ties together. So one to UBC, one to UFV. Keeping this connection between you was important. And obviously at some point, one of you said, hey, why don't we do a podcast about nursing in the field of gerontology? So how did that happen? I guess that was um, my idea. So I would take the blame. Um, yeah, I mean, look at, you know, I see a lot of young people listen to podcasts and a podcast is a great way to uh, engage people. You can multitask, right? You can be like cooking a dinner or, you know, doing housework and, you know, and you can have your podcast on listening to it and people driving, people like Shelly, if she drives and she probably listens to a podcast. And um, I thought a lot of students love podcasts and so maybe it's a better way to engage people instead of writing, you know, those boring journal articles and making people to read it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I would add that um, Lillian has been really involved in GNABC or the Gerontological Nurses Association of, of BC. And I was involved earlier on in my career when I first moved out to Abbotsford, I was part of the Fraser Valley chapter. And then, um, yeah, I fell off the wagon, I think. Um, but Lillian kind of got me back in. So now she's got me involved in GNABC again. And when she had the idea for the podcast and we thought, okay, let's see if we can make a partnership um, through uh, through UFV Sierra. It just felt like, yeah, a, a really, yeah, really great opportunity. And I think the timing this year, I it's never lost on me that this, you know, the pandemic has focused, has focused a lens on many different things. And it certainly has focused a lens on aging, on people living with dementia, on long-term care. And, and that is what we do. That is our world and our expertise. And I think it's our time. We, we have to tell our stories. We have to speak up and yeah, the podcast just came, I think at the perfect time, Lillian. Okay, yeah. So- and I, I would also add that it, it gives us the opportunity to, um, to talk to nurses. And I think we have a lot of great nurses and like those people that I have met amazing people. They're passionate. You know, they have their way to care for older adults, but we don't often get to hear their stories. So they have a lot of tales to tell, I think. But um, yeah, people don't often like come to go to interview nurses and we hear more about like doctors on the news, you know, or when you go to social media, you often see people go ask, you know, uh, other people about their views about, you know, COVID impact and all the other things. But um, you don't often hear nurses telling their stories, but there's so much rich stories that um, I think we will get to hear. Yeah. From nurses. Good. And that was my next question. I mean, for 
anybody that is listening to this right now and listening to you two, they might be thinking to themselves, okay, that's great. I'm really getting to know these two and I like their background and it sounds fascinating, but what are the other episodes going to be about? What is this podcast going to look like as it comes to life? I think we would like to um, invite nurses who, um, because there are so many sides of nursing and um, we, the audience, we get to hear nurses that they do their different roles and people may hear surprises that they didn't think nurses would do that kind of things. And uh, we would also hear like people's stories about how, just like you heard about like secrets of how I came to nursing and <laughs> trouble that I got into and that type of thing. <laughs> And I, I think, you know, I really agree with Lillian. We have, we have, I think, a unique opportunity right now. Um, and we do hear the voices of, of physicians. They play a really important role and they partner with us well. We hear a lot from administrators, um, managers of long-term care. But, you know, the work gets done hour by hour, day by day, by nurses um, and and care aides, there are you know I'm, we're not the only care providers there, but nurses really play uh, such a pivotal role. And and like Lillian says, there are so many of us, and we we take on many different roles, um, but we we have a shared identity, and I think just having a chance to kind of amplify that that voice the stories won't all be you know people have stories of of hardship and um and difficult times that they've had experienced through their their practice but you know we're we are probably a lot more resilient than we think we are and we rise to the occasion and i think this is a chance to to tell those stories and and maybe have some of those new nurses who are all thinking maternity because as a nursing faculty member, that's where they're at. But, you know, there's a secret power in Jero nursing. Um, once you're in, you don't get out. You don't, you don't leave it because I can't think of a more rewarding group of people to work with. The need is just so great. And, um, you know, you've made a difference it's just so clear you've made such a big difference when you care for these folks and their families. So yeah, I think I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. I think these podcasts will be very fun to do. Okay. So for somebody that works as a Gero nurse that they clearly understand what it means when, when you say Gero nursing or what it means to be a Gero nurse, but for someone like myself or someone that's listening and isn't, you know, entirely familiar with that term, what is all encompassed when you say Gero nurse? Simple, just working with um, older adults and older adults, the term is very broad. It could be um, what is defined as older. It, it can be defined in psychological the way or um you know kind of and it's really it's very broad but there's really the simple thing it's about working with older adults yeah and it's nursing yeah and i think you know that some of the big areas are are certainly long-term care um that's where almost everybody living in long-term care is older 
Uh, there, there are a few younger adults there, but it's primarily the care of older adults. Um, but we also see, you know, there's there's particular units, specialty units in a hospital setting um, that are are designed around the care of acute care of elderly patients. Um, and then in community health, there's, you know, primarily there are a lot of older patients on the caseloads of, of community health nurses in home care. Um, so Gero nurses look after older adults in community settings, in long-term care settings, in acute care settings. Um, we're everywhere. So it isn't restricted to just dealing with issues of, of dementia or or something like that. It covers the entire gamut of traditional medicine, but then just with an older population. Yeah, absolutely. And there might be things that people do not think of, and these are also general nursing work as well. Uh, for example, in my lab that we have, uh, general nurses working at uh, technology product development. So how we work with um, robotic companies and um, implementing robots in um, in the care homes. So people may not think about that and developing mobile apps, like working with computers, art, science, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. And and obviously an increasingly important area as well as our general population continues to age and grow older, but then living where we do in the Fraser Valley and in the lower mainland, we have, you know, an even higher percentage of, of older persons. So this does certainly seem to be an area that maybe should get a little bit more focus. And hopefully that's what this podcast will do. So I guess I'll kind of just sum it up by saying, how would each of you explain um, what, what the goal is, what you hope to achieve with these podcasts and, and maybe who is, who is the audience for this podcast? I think the audience can be anybody who has an interest or who are curious about like, what do those uh, nurses, you know, work with older adults, what does that mean? What do they do? And what are the secrets that they have? And what are the stories behind their lives? You know, there are so many, uh, or maybe, you know, people may, may find new things and surprises that they never thought that they may have an interest in. And they might want to say, well, that's really cool. And maybe I would like to enter general nursing. So we kind of want to inspire people. Nice. Yeah, I I think really it could be, you know, nurses, uh, family members, older adults. I think it's it's a pretty wide, it's a pretty wide range um, of folks that that might be interested in hearing these stories, either because they've had some experience or perhaps they would, you know, they're thinking about maybe this is an area of work that they'd like to, to get into. Um, yeah, I, I think, and we're going to, we're going to kind of see how it evolves too, right? So we'll, as the world changes around us, um, there'll be new things that are going to come up in general nursing and we'll be responsive to, to finding people to talk about those things. Um, you know, you mentioned that the demographic changes uh, that we're all facing, Darren, and, you know, I look at this and when I teach my students, yes, we are, 
undoubtedly going to have a population that has a lot of older people, but I do not use um, negative descriptors about that because I actually don't feel that's a negative or terrible thing. It just is. That's the going to be the makeup of of the the demography of our population. So society will have a large group of older people instead of being afraid of it, instead of being angry, instead of being worried about, um, you know, old people sucking up all the finances and tax dollars. I think we need to just be realistic. Okay, we're going to have a lot of older people. How do we work with that? How do we make sure that their needs are well met? How do we partner with older people? Um, I've been involved in a lot of research with you around intergenerational connections. We know that there's huge benefits for younger people um, connecting with, with older people. So there's, I think, yeah, we can... I think there's lots that we can kind of touch on as we, as our podcasts evolve and and we respond to what's going on. Excellent. It sounds fascinating. Um, I'm going to be, you know, sitting in the front row waiting for these and enjoying them along with everyone else. So Shelly, Lillian, I would like to thank both of you for taking the time to chat with me today and for explaining exactly what Gero Nurses Tales from the Front is and what it ultimately hopes to do. So thank you for being here with me and for yourselves. Thank you so much, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Great to talk to you, Lillian. <laughs> And I would also like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this. And if you can think of someone who we should chat with on an upcoming episode of Gero Nurses, then you can email either uh, Lillian or Shelly. Um, I imagine that you can easily find their email addresses just by searching their names in the university databases um, and, and let them know if, if you know, you're familiar with, with a nurse working you know, in the gerontological field that might have some amazing stories to tell. We would love to hear those and maybe they can be featured on an upcoming episode. And until our next episode, we hope you all stay safe, stay healthy, and remember, Laughter isn't the best medicine. Medicine is. Talk to you again soon.